Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Fun conversation coming your way today about intermittent calorie-restricted diet and the effects on type 2 diabetes remission, mm-hmm. and not just a short-term study, but something that looks at the individuals 12 months down the road and some really cool insights that we can garner from it. So I'm excited to dive into that article. It's a heavy one, but there's going to be some really cool things that we can talk about. So we're going to nerd out just a little bit. But before we do that, I want to welcome in all of you new listeners to the Fasting for Life podcast. We are so happy that you're giving us an opportunity to join you on your fasting journey and turning fasting into the solution and the lifestyle that we all were or are still looking for in terms of our health and our weight loss goals. So if you want to learn more about Tommy and I, head back to episode one. I think it's like 20 or 25 minutes long. You can hear more about why we started this podcast, why we have the programs we have now, and how fasting has absolutely transformed our lives and given us our lives back. So shout out to the long-term listeners as well. We still love and appreciate all of those five-star reviews. Yeah. Tommy, Love you got one you want to shout out this morning, I believe. They're just incredible. We, we, There's nothing better than when we started this thing a few years ago. And don't worry, I'll keep the self-aggrandizing portion of today's episode extremely short. <laughs> uh, and it was like, man, this really worked for us. Let's, let's tell some people about it. And here we yeah. are, you know, going on 160-something episodes later. And the momentum just keeps growing. So every time we right. get... Not just a, hey, you guys are great, rah, rah. That's not what I'm talking about, right? That's not what we need. <laughs> those are cool. It's, yeah, those are cool. But it's the it's the ones where we hear part of the story too. We're like, yes, I did right. this and it worked. And holy moly. So Tommy, you got a shout out here real quick. Yeah, E, e. Figueroa, new to the lifestyle. Thanks for, for dropping five stars. Hey guys, listen to Love episode that. 161. Had to go back to the beginning too. Just listen to the episode of Human Growth Hormone. Really appreciate you know all that information. Last year, I went to a wellness doctor he, he was selling me semaglutide, $450 a month, testosterone, $300 a month, tried to sell me HGH, $4,200 per month. Wow. Like, I mean, you're, you're talking house payments here. Right. I didn't I, I didn't bite, but spent over $4,000 total on supplements for three months, knocked off 30 pounds in three months. I've been fasting for two weeks. I'm already down an incredible 20 pounds without the high cost of medications and supplements hooked on the new lifestyle, already feeling so much better. That's so awesome. Congrats on incredible progress right now. And I know some mind-blowing ahas right there. Talk about like flipping, flipping what you were thinking like on its head. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't see that one. So I'm you can't see me since this is an you know audio medium, but like yeah. Tommy can see me on Zoom and like my eyes were like eyes bulging, yeah. peeled back. So incredible. 
So keep it coming. Keep putting in the work. Awesome. We want to bring you value each and every episode. So let's hop into today's conversation, Tommy. This article, and I love that this stuff is a lot of the articles that we've been doing recently. And you might notice that there's some overlap where it's like, oh, another conversation on diabetes remission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another conversation on fasting and blood sugar. Yeah. But there's a lot more coming out recently. A lot of these articles are within the last few months. This one's from December 2022. You know, most recent episodes we've done were, you know, within the last few months. We already have a couple that are coming up that are going to be from 2023. Right. So I just love that there's the continued search for better answers, especially when it comes to Mm. the obesity and weight loss and diabetes epidemic. And we know that eight out of the top 10 reasons why people, you know, all all cause mortality here in the U.S., are related to blood sugar and insulin related issues. So it is that important and we want to, but we want to make it tangible too, right? We want to make it applicable. We want to give you steps you can do today. So this study came out of China, Tommy, and it was the effect of an intermittent calorie restricted diet on type two diabetes remission, a randomized controlled trial. And it's out of the journal of clinical endocrine in the journal of clinical, the journal of clinical endocrinology and metabolism. (laughs) What's going on today? All right. Don't you guys worry. We got you here. And I just want to first and foremost, big picture, there is a, you know, anywhere between 70 to 90 million Americans. And I was one of them that didn't know I had prediabetes. Yeah, me too. And in the moment, you don't really think it's a big deal. Yeah. Or maybe you've had some symptoms come up, you know, and we're not, we're not talking medical advice here, but you know, we've had some symptoms of Mm -hmm. blood pressure, liver enzymes. We did a whole episode yeah. recently on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and insulin sleep relationship. Like deep, deep sleep, sleep to, lethargic ugh, after, nap, after Needing meals. a nap every day, yeah. multiple, right? Waistline increasing, even though you're doing all the right things, counting mm-hmm. calories, working out more, eating less, moving more, right? And it just isn't working. And, you know, labs were a little bit off, but air quotes, normal, yeah. right? Still within normal limits. Yeah. And the reality is, is that diabetes by definition, is a progressive disorder. And the medications Mm -hmm. used are to manage the disease. But we like to say, like this article mentions, for the reversal or even more fancy word, remission of Mm. the condition. Yeah. It's possible. It's doable. People are doing it. We've done it. And there's some cool insights that come out of this article, and we're going to unpack those here for you in just a sec. Yeah, there are. I want to highlight that term that you just said, remission of it. Because, you know, for, for myself, 70 plus pounds ago, coming off of what, what was my pre-diabetes or pre-pre-diabetes, because I hadn't even been told yet that I was officially on the track yet, but I can go back and pull the blood work and I can, I can see how much higher things were than they are now and how they trended up over the years, you know, slowly but surely ticking up in all those boxes that you mentioned. But treating, treating this as in remission rather than just reversal means that we are highlighting the fact that yes, there was, there was a problem and I did work to reverse the problem and back the problem away. However, I need to remain vigilant over time so I can continue to keep it at bay because if, if I went back to my old habits, I would be back on the track that I was before. So, so that diabetes remission, I, re- I really like that angle and I don't hear that very often. I, I'd like to apply it to habit remission. We're going to talk about mm. that a little bit too. Putting those old, those old habits that are painting you into a corner, 
those old relationships with food, those old social mm-hmm. social setting habits, putting those into remission too, because then that means there's a sustainability portion, there's a cultivation, there's a lifestyle adaptation. Because if you think of fasting as a diet, then it's going to be a diet, but so is every other diet, right? The the, yeah. the calorie restriction roller coaster of on and off, right? I'm on mm-hmm. my diet, it works. I'm off my diet, it doesn't. You have a, right. you know, a, a gastric surgery for weight loss, but you yeah. don't change the habits that got you there, right? You get on the yeah. HCG diet and you do it, but then what happens when you stop taking the HCG and eating 500 calories a day? Sure. Well, we know what happens. And that's just the definition of insanity. So the, the cool thing yeah. about this study was <laughs> one was it was not shy from carbohydrates. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's was, a nice which was interesting. change of pace. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it was, it was a lot of fat in, in it as well. So I want to unpack kind of just the overview of the study. And it was mm-hmm. in a three month, RCT, so a three-month randomized controlled trial. And what they were looking at was intermittent fasting diets that alternate days of ad libitum eating, meaning eating till you're satiated mm-hmm. without boundaries, with modified fasting, you know, very low calorie days. And that's something we talk about. It's like, well, how do I get all my calories in in a one meal a day? Well, you don't. It's designed to be a one meal. Right. Right. <laughs> End quote one meal yeah. a day, end quote, right? Hard stop. So right. can significantly reduce body weight and improve cardiometabolic risk factors, right? So disease reversal, prevention, not management of, but prevention of. And mm-hmm. they used a Chinese medical nutrition therapy diet. And in this three-month trial, average age of 53, BMI of 19 to 30 with type 2 diabetes. So we're talking downstream from this metabolic condition of insulin resistance and metabolic inflexibility, right? Years down mm-hmm. the line, um, who were taking medications or insulin were uh, assigned to consume this CMNT diet, this Chinese medical nutrition therapy diet, right? Right. Or the ad libitum control diet. So the CMNT diet involved five days of very low energy intake. So mm-hmm. like 800 calories. And okay. 46 was from carbs. Now we'll unpack that in just a minute. Wow. 46% from fat and 8% protein. Whoa. <laughs> so we would definitely like to see the protein a little bit higher, right? Carbs sure. maybe a little bit lower, right? If we're yeah. going to be doing sustainability here. Followed by 10 days. So five days of that, followed by 10 days of ad libitum. And they were both groups were following the dietary guidelines for diabetes in China, Tommy, which looks eerily similar to us here in the States, right? <laughs> as far as the you know, general recommended guidelines for, uh, for nutrition. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's interesting because, you know, pretty much all, all countries still have like, you know, just kind of grains, grains at the bottom. Right. And then maybe some fruits, maybe some vegetables going up from there and, and usually like meat and poultry a little bit higher and then oils and, you know, additional salt and sugar, you know, kind of at the top. But, um, the, the cool thing is here that we, we do see, I, I I love the fact that it was almost 50% carbohydrates because just, uh, like almost every study like this is usually so restricted on the carbohydrates or at least at least more moderate this is the the highest carbohydrate and lowest protein i've ever seen you know right. in, in any study like this so when you well, when you look at for that for clarity and, there yeah. we we see a lot that have the carbs even if you're looking at like standard american diet type research articles you'll see 50 55 60% carb and then you'll see you know 25 30% protein Maybe, yeah. or then you'll see the fat really low True. if we're doing yeah. a very low fat diet, right? Low carb, 
And then maybe you'll see the fat content a little bit higher, but then the carb content is lower. This is the first one we've seen where they're like equal. Yeah. And then super low protein, which is right. interesting. I mean, you know, it, but in your, in your natural state, like protein is, is fewer and farther between, you know? So like, it, it's just interesting that if you keep this as like more homemade kind of stuff and like less restaurant consumption, things like that, like this is, this is kind of a, a fairly interesting natural balance of, of uh, macronutrients, but we just don't normally see it in a, in a trial like this. So it's cool to see what, what the results were without just restricting carbohydrates, because like, we know that that's, that's hard to sustain. Well, one of the, one of the questions we get all the time is, especially people that come to fasting are like, oh, I eat very low carb. It's great. That's fine. If that's the way you want to live your life, that's great. Now I'm not saying refined processed crap, right? Sure. Sugary drinks. All, we know that the, the things that got me food. into this. Into right. This We're not talking yeah. about that. Like natural forms, like the carbohydrates in this were rice, millet, corn, buckwheat, quinoa, oat, right? Like mm -hmm. root flours. Um, there was some diet wheat, some dietary wheat flour, white mm -hmm. kidney beans, right? Black beans, yellow beans, brown rices. So these Chinese yams, right? This, this isn't all the stuff that we're going to see on the inside aisles of our grocery stores packed in the colorful right. boxes of breakfast cereals and Pop-Tarts. That's not what we're Great talking point. about. Okay. So, yeah. but when people come to fasting, they always ask us, well, yeah, I just got to cut out carbohydrates and long-term health. I'm going to agree with that statement mm -hmm. that we need to reduce those sugary fructose laden, high fructose corn syrup processed refined carbohydrates. Yes. Right. Right. But eating a potato, I'm going to push back on like that being bad for your health long term. Sure. Yeah, of course. The damn thing grows from the ground. Like, right. <laughs> like it has one, like it breaks down into an energy source. And if your body is able to burn that energy, right, then it doesn't get stored as fat. It doesn't increase mm -hmm. your adipose tissue, which then becomes metabolically active, which then increases your insulin resistance and right. unbalances your hunger hormones. And then you can't get off them constantly hungry, craving everything cycles. So. <laughs> it's interesting here. Tommy's like, where are you going with this? So well, no, no, no. But if you slice up that potato, then you deep fry it, and then you you just put some oils it, in there, and then smother it with high fructose corn syrup laden ketchup. Now and flavorings. The, <laughs> the, the potato became bad, you know, or the effect right. of the potato right. is is you know part of a, a bad cycle, but it's very different, you know, coming from straight from the ground. So I really like that that there are more natural forms of carbohydrates in there, and. They ate a fruit and vegetable gruel for breakfast, solid beverage, right? So I wouldn't recommend the CMT diet, okay? Right. <laughs> uh, the is CMNT diet. I would not recommend it. Um, yeah. And then composite nutritional rice, which is just loaded with a bunch of words I can't say and mushrooms and yams and salts and fibers and melons and lily root flowers. And so it seems like a lot of interesting lab produced stuff, right? But it gets you the <laughs> macronutrient breakdown that we talked about, 46, 46, 8. And then dinner, they had a solid beverage. And then this, this very diverse wheat, flour, bean, kidney, quinoa, biscuit sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea was, is that they wanted to control and see if they could, the primary outcome was for that diabetes remission, right? Defined as an HbA1c of less than 6.5. After three months, this is the cool part, because we get this question a lot too. Do I have to eat low carb? Or, mm -hmm. you know, do I have to eat this way for the rest of my life? I just love bread, right? Now, loving bread too much is a problem. Sure. Right? But it's probably not the only part of the problem. And then the other cool part was here was three months of ceasing anti-diabetic medication. 
was assessed after the intervention at three and 12 month follow-up. And then the secondary outcomes were the A1C, fasting glucose, blood pressure, anthropomorphics, medication use, and quality of life, right? So we've set this up for you, right? And some of you are going, wow, the results probably are pretty, pretty crappy based on what you just told me, right? In terms of carbohydrate <laughs> intake, the quality of food. The results are pretty astounding. 50% at three yeah. months. So we did five days of, of OMAD, right? Pretty much. Right. But broke it up into five eating opportunities a day too. Caloric so like e- equivalent to OMAD. Yeah, Excuse me. Yeah, so we're not yeah. talking about uh-huh. tapping into fasting here. Yeah. Sure. Eight, and 900 then, calories. Yep. And then 10 days of Adlibetum, right? Following the CMT diet or the Chinese, very similar to the American Diabetes Association food pyramid, right? Yeah. 50% in the control group and only one, excuse me, 50% in the intervention group and only one or 3% of the control group ceased diabetic medication use. Wow. So the, <laughs> the actual control group was just eating ad libitum. So they weren't actually, they weren't actually controlling the number of calories and they were less restricted on what they were actually intaking. But I mean, that's crazy. 50% of participants in the intervention actually ceased the anti-diabetic medication and and just one in the control group. So the the other thing was the decrease in fasting glucose too and body weight as well and and quality of life improvement as well in the intervention group. I mean the the results are yeah. staggering and I I never would have predicted such a such a big difference, you know, in in those two groups based on this design. Now, the BMI categories we're talking about, again, are from 1930. So normal weight up to overweight. Obese comes 30 plus. So those folks have a much more metabolically active fat tissue, leptin resistances, insulin resistance is probably higher. So there's a few things here Mm -hmm. just to take into account. But the primary result for the primary driver, which was diabetes remission, it wasn't the medication ceasing, right? 47% 47% of the participants in the control group and the CMNT group in the intervention group achieved diabetes remission. And only that same one individual in the control group. But the yeah. awesome thing was at the 12 month follow up, 44%. So only one less person that achieved remission yeah. went back. Wow. They achieved diabetes remission, 44% of the participants. And That's then that awesome. one person that had gotten it in the control group, Well, gave it back. Gave it back, yeah. (laughs) Gave it back. And this is the fear of dieting and the dieting mindset, right? So, and looking at fasting like a diet. Mm -hmm. You don't have consistent efforts or lifestyle habits change. If your lifestyle habits don't change and you put the old bad ones into remission, then, and you don't have rewired new habits, then it comes back. So the cool thing was Mm -hmm. A1C was lower and the quality of life was higher in the intervention group as well. And the initial change in body weight remain stable in both groups. Yeah. But the difference was the disease progression or the disease, lack of disease remission. Yeah. So diabetes, right? Some genetic conditions, a lot of environmental factors contributing to its manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of moving parts. The incredible thing here is evidence suggests that the VLED, right? So the 600 to 800 calorie a day, intervention Mm -hmm. that they were undergoing, and other research says this too, can significantly reduce liver fat, liver insulin resistance, and normalize fasting glucose levels in seven days. Wow. So if we're talking about this other article, 
Reversal of type 2 diabetes, normalization of beta cell function in association with decreased pancreas and liver triglycerol. Hmm. This was from 2011. And that article showed that 600 calories a day can have those drastic changes in just seven days. In this study, however, with some of the things we just mentioned, right, the types of foods and the dietary recommendations they were following, even Mm -hmm. though they still got results, it took eight weeks for those reductions in pancreatic fat and improvements in beta cell function to occur. Wow. Everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different. There are people out there that are just going to, I'm just going to Angus Barbieri my way there and I'm going to fast for 300 and whatever days, days, whatever, however many days it's going to take. And I'm going to come off all my medications. And then at the other end, I'm going to be a new person with rewired habits. And some people can do that. The cool thing is, is that this study, even with its limitations and its, its carbohydrate amount and its dietary, you know, diabetic guidelines for food and the ad libitum component, it still produced significant reductions. And then looking at the long term, they were able to keep them. And this is where I want to have the last part of this conversation today, Tommy, is the fact that when we increase and we look at fasting and applying the low carb or how do I get my calories in or what should my fasting window look like, Mm -hmm. then we can start to have some pretty cool conversations about beginning with the end in mind of prevention of diabetes. If you have it, remission, but then what does life look like after Mm. the intervention period, after the very low calorie OMAD plan or the fast cycling where you're varying different fasting windows from 16, 18 hours, all the way up to 36, 48, sometimes 72. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it was cool to see that they included some of that, that education, that reintroduction component within this, this study. So they went through a period anywhere from two to eight weeks afterwards where they would transition to that with that weight maintenance diet because what they're, what they're showing and what they're reiterating is the fact that that calorie restriction was not necessary after the, the remission portion to keep the weight off or to keep the diabetes or the blood sugar issues at bay. But that reintroduction portion and what you were just alluding to that that's important. What are you going to do? Like if you've been losing weight, let's say with OMAD, like I did for a while, then, then what, what do you, what do you do after that? And if you, if you don't have a plan, like I felt like, you know, many times that can be the time where if I'm not sure what to do next or how to kind of get off of, get off of this track that I'm on. Right. And I, I don't really know where I'm going to end up. And the default for a lot of us is revert, start reverting back to old habits. But that's how the weight comes back on usually quickly if we're not, if we're not careful, right? Yeah. And it was interesting because they mentioned a few other research articles in here that compared the 800 to 600 calorie a day type OMAD scenario have been reported to produce significantly greater weight loss at three and six months compared to low energy diets without greater rates of attrition, meaning it's not harder to sustain. So we're talking low energy diets are anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 calories. So many women, so many men come to us saying, I have been restricting my calories and eating like a bird for so many years, 800, 1,000, 1,200 calories. You've been under consuming. Mm. VLEDs, 600, 800, what this study was, 847, I think it was calories, Mm. right? Yeah. Produced greater weight loss at three and six months compared to those other old habit patterns, which you just mentioned. We go back to doing it the way we were doing it. We haven't rewired that stuff. We haven't turned it into, like we like to say, fasting for life, a lifestyle, right? And 
Tommy, beginning with the end in mind, I want to transition to the last part of today's conversation, which is this conversation at the end of this article where it talks about, you know, studying continued hypocaloric diets being necessary for keeping type 2 diabetes in remission. Mm -hmm. And they say and show that once type 2 is achieved, transition periods that can be used to maintain that weight loss is where the magic lies, right? Is, is where a lot of us get it so wrong and where I got it so wrong for so many years, right? So monitoring is key, just like we talked about with the CGMs, but physical activity, keeping track of your body weight, but not obsessively being on the scale, right? Right. So what happened, which was really cool that came out of the study was that once the weight loss has happened, and then both groups maintained it following the additional guidelines they were given, if weight regain is avoided after achieving significant weight loss in reversal of the mechanisms underlying the dysfunction with type 2 diabetes and cravings and blood sugar and all that, yeah. the improvements in A1C will remain. And this is the cool part because people come and say, well, you know, how fast is too fast? Yeah, yeah. Well, more rapid initial weight loss is associated with greater weight loss in the long term and improved weight loss maintenance. Yep. What about my muscle? Well, you're not going to eat your muscle. You got 40 pounds of fat to burn. Growth hormone <laughs> is spiking when you fast. Growth hormone is not anabolic. It's not growing muscle. But let's add some walking in. Let's add some physical activity. Let's add some sustainability conversation to this, right? So there mm -hmm. are a lot of cool things that can happen. And they even say replacing one to three main meals per day and, and, and shifting that time and getting into that VLED, right? That lower caloric intake yeah. a few days a week compared to the low and slow failed dieting, mm -hmm. hypocaloric restricted, right? Not yeah. it, it's not sustainable. So that's why we created the blueprint to fasting for fat loss too, because it speaks to personalizing this fasting journey to you as an individual and to mm -hmm. the lifestyle you want and to the foods you like to eat. Yeah, it absolutely does. One thing that's that's counterintuitive that worked really well in this in this study that I didn't do for a long time was I I kept trying to do the exact same thing. I I only wanted a plan that I could do every single day the exact same way. The only problem is there that even if you have a really good calculated caloric deficit or you have a really good fasting plan that works on a given day, if you do the same thing every single day exactly the same way, guess what? Bodies are really smart and they really love homeostasis too. So they get into a, into a balance. We get into a routine and an, into a balance, let alone as our, as our habits can kind of creep back in and we get comfortable too sometimes and we find ways to kind of extend our window or we get a little bit more calorie dense foods in and right. things like that. And so as, as we kind of highlight that fact, I wanted, I wanted to share what they were actually doing with the CMNT diet. They were doing breakfast lunch lunch was basically broken up into two parts and then dinner and then later in the day it was a it was that biscuit that you were talking about so these were broken up into literally 250 150 200 150 150 calories like five five times over the day so that's not that's not my favorite way to to do this because of the insulin because of the blood sugar and the insulin now at the same time you had people coming off of you know putting diabetes into remission so there were medications and things like that so there was there was a lot of balance that Complex, was probably trying to be yeah. had yeah right but if if this was me and i was taking some of this advice to make it actionable i'd say okay well could i could i put that in i mean that that sounds like a really good way to to kind of structure an an omad or maybe a short eating window right 
And then, and the the fact that they were doing this five days and then and then ten days, they were eating, you know, balanced but to satiety means that they weren't just doing the exact same thing every single day. Correct. Right. And and like that's a, that's a key component. So when you look at the blueprint for fasting for fat loss, then you can you can take those those tools use them, but you don't have to do the exact same thing every day. So don't be like me looking for, for just the one thing that you can do every single right. day, the exact same times. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. You just spoke to it because they even mentioned in the summary, it suggested that traditional prolonged dieting is made more difficult by the major drawbacks associated hunger, mm-hmm. associated with hunger and daily decisions about what and how much to so eat many decisions and how these issues can be avoided through a shorter period, shrinking your window involving Mm -hmm. more energy restriction, right? And rather than drinking all of your calories and snacking all of your calories in throughout the day. So you just spoke to the the struggle of- I've done it. Yeah, right. I know we all have, right? So the cool thing is, is that you also get the additional benefits of fasting with the hormone balancing and the growth hormone spikes and the cravings going away, et cetera. But in the beginning, it can be tough. And that's why the free resource, it's in the show notes. You can click the link. We'll zoom it over to your email inbox. You can also go to our website, thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources, thefastingforlife.com forward slash resources. You can grab that free resource. It's pretty robust. It goes through a bunch of different examples. It also gives you some perspective on why, just like we're talking about today, we want to get the weight off quickly. Then obviously there's that sustainability piece, right? And that's just going to take repetitions and failing forward and trial and error and probably joining one of our challenges or finding support and stabilization in your life, right? (laughs) Rewiring those habits. So final thought for today, as we kind of wrap it up, is they mentioned while there isn't, we agree with this, there isn't a universal best diet for type 2 diabetes remission, Mm. as we highlighted some of our concerns with this one. There is a theoretical best diet for each individual person. And Mm. here's the kicker, beginning with the end in mind. That's whichever one Whatever your fasting schedule looks like, whatever the foods you enjoy to eat that you put in your window that are nutrient dense, that are going to satiate you, it's whichever one they're able to stick to long enough to achieve the significant weight loss required to reverse the underlying mechanism and never be on the path to prediabetes, diabetes, or having to get to the point where you need to get your diabetes in remission. Yeah. So the sustainable one the theoretical best plan for each individual person is the plan that you can see yourself sticking to that gets you a result that is motivating enough to want to keep going and yeah. not continually being hindered by the decisions and the cravings and the hunger and the insert yeah. all of the excuses X, Y, and Z in uh, this long list, yeah. right? We want the yeah. lifestyle change. We want the habit change. And we found, and that's why we want to direct you to the resource too, the the blueprint that many people can get there through the repetitions and the practice of adapting this fasting lifestyle. Yeah. You brought me back to a place where one of the decision points was, is the diet working for me right now? Where it was like this constant thing of, okay, is the scale moving? How am I feeling? Is the diet actually working? Is it worth doing? Should I be changing it yet? Should I be making a change to it or throwing right. the baby out with the bathwater? All those kind of things. Start just, again on Monday. Yeah, they just they just next twenty one day boot camp. Oh man, next they twelve months, twelve week reset. You want me to keep going? Decision fatigue. No, I do not. No medical weight loss no, in a I box. I know. I'll get back on Weight Watchers, and I'm not I'm not doing it to be dismissive, but just highlighting the fact that the pattern is there. 
I could keep going. I'd go back in and yeah. just keep picking line item by line item, the conversations and the actions and, and, and the mindset shifts that can Powerful. be seen. But the empowerment here is that it is doable and mm. it's just going to take some trial and error and let us help you accelerate that process. So yeah. go grab the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. Reach out to us if you got questions. Continue to listen to the podcast. You can also continue the conversation in our Fasting for Life community on Facebook. That link is also yeah. in the show notes. If you're ready to level up your monitoring, right, which is one of the categories that matter for sustainability, mm -hmm. check out the NutriSense link. NutriSense link, get that $30 discount. It's just been an incredible re-eye-opening experience for me, yes. slapping that thing back on and going, okay, yep. there's been some slippage. Time to level up. I've ran the yeah. marathon, but I didn't get carried to the car. Yeah. I had to walk to the car. I've ran since. Still using and those feet. Yeah. By the way, I've never ran a marathon. I've only done them on the on the on the Concept Two rower. So that's that's not a real <laughs> true depiction of of what's happened. But yeah. the marathon of fasting, right, and getting the weight off and maintaining that weight loss. So hopefully that analogy makes sense. That but makes I want sense. to encourage you guys to do something today for it. So grab the blueprint, listen to an episode, set your timer, get back to yeah. the basics, but also yeah. always begin with the end in mind. So Tommy, fun conversation today. Appreciate the conversation as always, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.